0: Good morning, everyone. So it's been a while since I've been up here. Actually, it's been quite a while, or at least it feels that way. And uh, so Lauren, he asked, uh, right before I walked up to sit up here, if uh, Josh and I had kind of coordinated on kids' moment and that sort of thing, and and we had not. So I just want to tell Josh that, um, Josh, the fruit of the Spirit's not a watermelon, (laughs) not a watermelon. And if you've been around, you'll know what this is, what I mean, what that's all about. And I see Riley out there. He knows what that is. This is a cold water thing. So the fruit of the spirit's not a watermelon. Oh, the fruit of the spirit's not a watermelon. If you want to be a watermelon, you might as well hear it. You can't be a fruit of the spirit, because the fruit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness gentleness and self-control love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self-control so y'all can do that with me just the chorus (laughs) here we go love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self-control Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So yeah, I know, it's a silly kid's song, but sometimes silly songs can have significant meaning, and that's what I believe this one will do for us. And that's because if you sing it, I know this, if you sing it two or three times, just the chorus alone, You'll never have a problem quoting Galatians and the fruit of the Spirit, or answering a Bible trivia question where they ask you, can you list out the fruit of the Spirit? Because it's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So here's why we sang the song, really. So this morning, we are getting ready to, as as, uh, Dan mentioned, give you the information about the survey that you helped fill out recently for us. And we're going to look at the fruit of the spirit because that's a very foundational um, thing that we need to understand as we go into this time in our year. So today, at the end of the service, Josh will bring out this survey and give a summary of that. And then we're going to give a handout to you that you can take home and ponder for a while, and pray about. And then in a couple weeks, on Sunday, March the 10th, we plan to meet after our services and launch our committees for 2024. And so I know many of you, we've been talking about this for a while, and many of you have been waiting for that moment, and on March the 10th we're going to do that. This sermon, and then what Josh will present in a little bit, is preparatory to March the 10th. So, in preparation for that, we believe the leadership that understanding the fruit of the Spirit is a foundational piece of information that we need to have so that we can have an intentional relationship with the Holy Spirit that will allow you to understand and explore your gifts and find your niche as we focus on our mission to reach out into the community and to the world here in 2024. So in a couple weeks from now, God willing, I plan to come up here again and talk to you about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But to fully understand and find your gifts, it's important to have the right foundation. Because we know a person can be gifted in things, but not loving. A person can be gifted in something, but not at peace. Can be gifted at, at something and do it well but not have a joyful spirit, and so on through each of those fruit of the spirit. And you probably know people like that from work or from school or from the grocery store or any place you frequent. They're really good at what they do, but their character tells you that they're not happy with the world or with their life or with something that's going on. Well, the Apostle Paul, he makes it really plain in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, if you want to turn there. It's that chapter we call the love chapter, and one we know well. But he makes it plain in talking about love, which conveniently happens to be, and unsurprisingly, the first fruit of the Spirit that's mentioned. And in the first three verses of 1 Corinthians 13, what Paul says is, And he's been talking about gifts of the Spirit. So this is how it plays into what we're doing and where we're going over the next few weeks. But Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13, If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith, so as to remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. If I give all away... And if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. And so that's what we want to avoid. We do not want to be those individuals who are out there, who are doing good things, who have great talents, but are doing it with the wrong foundation and the wrong wrong character. We want to be intentional in growing and maturing ourselves as Christians, by nurturing these fruit of the Spirit, but also as collectively as this body, this family of God here in this community, as we set out to do the good works that Paul goes on to talk about in Galatians 6, we want the fruit of the Spirit to be our compass to guide us as we, as he says, so that we do not grow weary in doing good, and so that as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone and especially to those who are of the household of faith. So why is it important to start here? Because the fruit of the Spirit are the attributes, those characteristics that we see in the life of Jesus Christ and that we want to carry as an image in our, in our life as we go out into the world. These are the characteristics that show what it is like to be like Christ. Christ which means to be a Christian there are the characteristics that distinguish the distinguishing features of Christ and that help us show Christ to the world so i know it's not just Christians that have these characters characteristics and it's not only Christians who can show individually these kind of things in their lives but i'm sure and this is something that I think we've probably all seen, that these are the predominant characteristics that people in the world expect to see in Christians living out in the world. So non-Christians, people who don't believe in in Christ, may have these characteristics, but certainly the people out in the world expect to see them in us. And you've probably seen it in the memes and and things out on the internet. And I, I, I can say I have, and I've said this before, from cousins I have who are non-believers and they're the ones that that basically say something along the lines of not in these words but I believe in Christ but I don't believe in Christianity I believe in Christ but I don't believe in Christians because of the way I see them living their lives and I think they're unfair and I push back on those but you've probably seen them too the people in the world expect us to live out our lives in a certain way and that way is to live out our lives looking like Christ, and the fruit of the Spirit are those characteristics that show Christ to the world. So just some real quick basics that we, that we believe and understand that underlie this, this thinking about the fruit of the Spirit. And I want to point out that Josh fairly recently did a series on the fruit of the Spirit back in September Or Yeah, September to mid-November, I think, called The Gift of the Holy Spirit. It's out there on YouTube. It covers the whole topic of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, fruit of the Spirit, and I encourage you to go back and watch those uh, if you've not seen them or if you just want to refresh your memory or read your notes that you took because I know you all write notes, right? You all take notes on Josh's sermons, review those notes, and... uh, and go back over them. But there are some basic things. We know that Christ promised that the Holy Spirit in John 14 and 16 would come to the disciples and then to us. We are know that we are born of the Spirit when we are baptized into Christ. And we can read that in John 3, verses 3 through 8, when Jesus is talking to Nicodemus. Holy Spirit dwells in the followers of Christ. We know this from Pentecost, and that and that verse we know well, Acts 2, 38. And then finally, that the Holy Spirit dwells in each of us that, that are followers of Christ, that have been baptized into Christ. And that's, we can read that in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 19-20. So those are all foundational as well. Those are all why we are going to look at the fruit of the Spirit this morning. So they can be categorized, these fruit, in different ways. And we could, we could look at them in different ways of, of combining them together or or emphasizing certain things, but underlying everything is that these are first and foremost relational attributes. These are are attributes that help us relate to God, help us relate to each other, and ultimately help us relate to ourselves as individuals as well. So it's important for us to understand this, this relational aspect of it, because These characteristics play into the things that we plan to do as a congregation moving forward. When you look at the survey and look at the survey results, you'll see that how we relate to God, how we relate to others, and how we relate to ourselves are the areas that we want to emphasize. And that's not really surprising because that's just being Christians. So I'm not going to spend a lot of time describing each of these. We, we pretty much understand, for the most part, what each of these nine characteristics mean, the words mean. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, <coughs> faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. But I will do this briefly. So when we think of love, we think of seeking out the best in others, good for others. We, th- we talk sometimes about agape love, looking out for the best interests of others. So it Love can look like different things in that context, the way it's expressed. Joy is delight and not, that's not based purely on circumstances. And we see this in Jesus. We think of that verse, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Peace, the unity between people, both internally within a congregation, but peace with the things that are going on in life and the world. Patience, slowness to speak and slow to anger and also a form of endurance, kindness, being merciful and tender-hearted, goodness, being generous and gracious, faithfulness, trustworthy and dependable, people who keep their word and finish their tasks, gentleness, humble and calm, and then self-control, masters of our tongues and our thoughts and our passions, those things that, that drive us. So these are characteristics that we can't hoard. They're, they're not the things you develop and keep to yourself. If we nurture the fruit of the Spirit in our lives, it will shine forth. People will notice. And I'm sure you can think of times you've gone into stores or anything. You can think of any kind of place, restaurants. You go in and you encounter people who make you feel like You're a burden or you're bothering them. They're there to serve you, and yet you're a bother to them. We've probably all encountered that. On the other hand, we know of places and people where we go and we feel like we're treated well. You know that they're glad to see you. And we want to be those kind of people. We want to have the characteristics in our lives that make the light of Christ shine out into the world. So the Apostle Paul, he uses this fruit of, this metaphor of fruit to make at least a couple of points that are important for us to take away with us this morning. One, that the fruit of the Spirit is supernatural in its origin. So it's the Spirit's fruit. It's not the individual's fruit, or he doesn't call it the Christian's fruit. It's the Spirit's fruit. But it's also natural in growth. So it's the Spirit's fruit that's there for us. And there's two things there that we can look at and hold in balance with each other. So we don't create the fruit ourselves, but we nurture them. And it's pointed out, it's been pointed out that what is natural is always conditional. So it becomes natural when the conditions are right. And we want to look at a couple of those things this morning as well. So we we notice the fruit of the Spirit has a supernatural origin. And one of the ways we see this is that in Galatians 5, before we reach this list of the fruit of the Spirit, Paul contrasts the earthly works of the flesh, those things that come out in a person's life when they're focused on the world, against these fruit of the Spirit, which are of heavenly nature. So if we're left to our own resources, to our own thoughts and desires, then we trend toward selfishness and all these things that Paul talks about in Galatians five seventeen and following. But the Holy Spirit leads us toward living a Christ-like life. And then the growth of the fruit is natural it's just, in Paul, in using this language, it's easy for us to understand that in nature, fruit grows naturally, takes its own course and grows naturally. Galatians, uh, the phrases that Paul uses in Galatians 6, verse 8, he talks about sowing to the own flesh and contrasts that to sowing to the spirit. And he points us back to chapter 5, verses 16 and twenty-four. So we know that when Paul talks about sowing, we, we know that, that saying, we reap what we sow. And so Paul, in these verses in chapter 5, six, or in 6, 8 and following, talks about, For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. So it's a natural principle of God's law, and we see that in nature. So Paul, in calling these fruit, is telling us that these are things that grow naturally if the conditions are right. And so we want to make sure that we are are setting the right conditions for the fruit of the Spirit to grow in our lives. And part of that is the way, whatever the things we do in our lives, the pattern of our lives, the seeds that we sow in life are are the harvest that we will reap. So it goes to the things that we think about, the the things that we focus on in life, the people that we spend time with, the activities we're involved in, what we watch and listen to, uh, our priorities and how we spend our time. All the decisions in life, big and small, play into this. How Those things that we, we do in life are the seeds that we sow. And they can be sown to the flesh, like Paul talks about, or they can be sown to the Spirit in helping us with the intention of growing these and nurturing these fruit of the Spirit in our lives. So, thinking about that, it brings to mind Paul's admonition to the Colossians in in Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 and 2, where he talks about, he tells the Colossian Christians, seek the things above he tells them, set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. That's why it's important for us to know these nine attributes of Christian characteristics of of Christ-like qualities in our lives. If we, you know, I jokingly say if you sing this song, you will know these nine. I have to say that until, until my grandkids taught me the song, if you had asked me on the spot, And I had to quickly name the nine through the Spirit. I probably could not do that because it's just not something always in the front of our thoughts. It wasn't in the front of my mind. The song helps me. I will never not be able to recite those for you because of that. And it's important. I think it's very important for us to think about these things and keep them in the front of our mind as we start to think about the activities that we'll be involved in as a church. But one of the things we have to keep in mind also is that fruit... In nature, grows gradually. It matures slowly. And we see that. Anyone who has had a garden or grown flowers have seen that, that these things that you want to grow take time, as opposed to weeds. You have to weed every day. I mean, those things come up fast. But vegetables, flowers, and especially fruit, they grow slowly. So all of us are growing at maybe our own rates. And some of that, the, the speed with which we mature as Christians, that we develop these fruit, they're tied to what we do to nurture them. But we are not all at the same place. And candidly, I would say that until I learned the song and began to think about the fruit of the Spirit frequently and use that as kind of a lens and filter for decisions, well, I don't know if I was growing at all. So they, the fruit of the Spirit grow and they ripen gradually just like the fruit in nature does. You, you know, Paul uses that term fruit intentionally. He doesn't call them the wildflowers of the Spirit or anything like that. We want to recognize that it takes time. So how do we nurture the fruit? By being watchful in what we sow in our lives and also being disciplined in our habits, both public and private, <clears throat> keeping these things in our thoughts. And so, my thought, or the way I look at it, is we should give at least as much attention to the fruit of the Spirit as we give to our house plants or our gardens, at least as much. Or if you're not a gardener or you're not growing things out in the wild, then at least as much time to the fruit of the Spirit as we give to the stock market. Um, sports, fill in the blank, food, any of those things that dominate our thoughts as we walk through life. So I'm winding this down so Josh will have time to uh, talk to us a little bit about uh, about the survey results and put those things into context. But there are some applications here that I want you to take away, and then a homework assignment. So one, through the Spirit, since they're supernatural, we want to develop them with humility and faith. So one, we want to be humble in any of these things. That if we feel like we have these attributes and we're great at them, we want to be humble and recognize they're from the Holy Spirit and from God as we cultivate these things in our lives as Christians. But we also want to have faith and recognize that God promises that these things will come about if we Put the attention to them that they deserve. There's that natural growth aspect. And so, it fruit of the Spirit, require nurturing and discipline. So we can't just walk out of here and forget about it and expect anything to happen. We have to use have discipline in our lives to cultivate these things. That means spending time in the Word. That means spending time in prayer. Spending time together, doing all those things that God brings joy to God and that we as Christians want to do. And the third thing is that because fruit matures gradually, we all have to have patience, both with ourselves in these things, but also with each other as we are all at different points in the maturing of our fruit. It's interesting, too, that idea of patience is... uh, uh, fruit of the Spirit. So that's a good starting point. If we, if, we, if we want to focus on something, patience is a good place to start. So here's my practical homework for you. So between now and March 10th, I'm going to ask you read Galatians 5:22 through 23 daily or put it on the wall. Do something that helps you to keep these attributes in the forefront of your mind. And let's read it really quick. Paul writes, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And then meditate on that during the week. And keep them in front of you in some form or fashion if it's visible or if it's in, in reading it. But just keep it so that you're visualizing it in your life pray for growth in your life and then start sowing seeds in those areas where you see that you need and want to grow in the fruit of the spirit the fruit of the spirit it's just one of those things that there are so many verses where the writers tell us and and go in more detail on the things that we need to do or the things we need to avoid in life. The, the ways we want to act as Christians with each other. But it's maybe oversimplification. But from my perspective, I think recognizing the fruit of the Spirit and just having those at hand. They help us in decision making. They give us a, a lens to look at life. And if we are doing things from that perspective then we will get the other things right. We will get those things right uh, that we need to in our lives. The relationships, all those things that make us uh, bring joy to to God and Christ and honor and glory in the things that we want to do.